This program is about unsolved mysteries. Whenever possible, the actual family members and police officials have participated in recreating the events. What you are about to see is not a news broadcast. Put on your fanciest trench coat, everybody. This episode, we're watching Unsolved Mysteries on The Showdown. And as always, the showdown is recorded in front of a live dog and cat audience. My name is Cliff, and this is the podcast where I, a television idiot, dissect one epic TV series with a television expert. So, Colin, how are things in TV land today? Spooky. Are they spooky? Real spooky. I'll bet they are. Yeah. I want to say it's just because we don't know, but also it's because we can't know. Well, we can because they're going to tell us all about (laughs) it in this show. (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes they don't. That's what's great about it. Well, sometimes they really are unsolved. They've got some updates for us. Some of them. We'll talk about that. So today, of course, we're talking about the show Unsolved Mysteries, a show I'm really excited about. This we'll we'll talk about it. But this show basically informed most of who I am as an adult. And so, Fascinating. Uh, yeah, just terrified. Fascinating. Uh, and so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into it really quick with a show overview for anybody that's not familiar with this show. It's, it's an older show. It's a little bit specific, but I have a feeling more people are familiar with this than, uh, than we might think. So the air dates of this show then of course are 1987 to 2010. The original run was actually 87 to 97 ish. And they've remade it a couple times and it's re-aired in some different formats. But the original run that we're talking about today is, is from 87 to, to 97. Of course aired before that run on uh, NBC as a network and then CBS from 97 to 99 and then Lifetime in 2001 and 2002. And then again on Spike TV in 2008 and 2000. Uh, 10 as a one-hour reality show as a format. It's, it's it's probably more of a reality show than what you'd term realities uh, now. It's kind of half docu-series, mm-hmm. I think, as well. Yeah, so you want to talk about the seasons and episodes? Absolutely, yeah. So it was 10 seasons originally with 289 episodes, but then, of course, all the re-edits and re-airs, there are 14 seasons, 579 episodes. That's a lot. Which is a lot. Uh, the cast is one man, and I'll say it, only needs one man. That's right. Robert Stack. Who else could do it? No, no one. one. No one. Yeah. No one. Uh, so so we'll, we're going to talk a lot about Robert <laughs> oh, Stack. I have a lot to if say. If there are any Robert Stack <laughs> fans listening today, you are in for a treat. Yes. <laughs> uh, so the description of this show, if you're not familiar with it, uh, is, is it goes like this. The series uses uh, reenactments and interviews to retell the circumstances of, well, mysteries that are unsolved. Covering crimes, tales of lost love, unexplained <laughs> history, paranormal events. Uh, viewers are encouraged to call with information that might solve the mystery. That's right. You heard me correctly. This is a show long before American Idol was a thing that said, we're going to give you some information and we want you to tell us how to fix this. And yep. so this and <laughs> kind of in parallel with America's Most Wanted were two of those unique shows that, uh, that, that had kind of an interaction with the audience, which was interesting for for the time. Yeah, and I and I think the rating reflects that. People love to be participants. For sure do. Um, yeah, IMDb has an 8.4 and TV.com has an 8.6, which right. is pretty high. Uh, and then, um, sadly, however, the uh, the awards community did not feel similarly as it has gotten zero Golden Globes it's and tragic. zero Emmys. But it did get six, six Emmy nominations. Yeah. But 
fear not, because we will be giving some Dundies later. No, we will. There's going to be some awards <laughs> given out today for sure. And those Emmy nominations, uh, interesting enough, were for technical achievements. So the, oh, yeah, the show great. does a lot of like cut scenes and some very controversial acting oh, happening yeah. in those oh, cut yes. scenes, as you heard during the opening. We will get into it. They certainly use the people from uh, <laughs> from everyday, uh-huh. everyday mysteries. So uh, notable filming locations, a lot on Paramount Studios and then a lot on location. This show kind of moves around, but is one of the hallmarks of the show is Robert Stack kind of wandering through empty sets. And a lot of those sets were, were on Paramount Studios. They just kind of found the nearest courtroom set or who knows where and had him, you know. Just a bathroom once. Yeah, just, you know, kind of enter stage left and just wander to stage right. Mosey slowly while telling uh-huh. us. The top rated episode is uh, season one, episode 10. Doesn't have a name, just called one dot. 10 and we actually couldn't find it the way that they're numbered uh in in how the series is available today we couldn't find that specific episode and so we'd like to tell you we were able to watch this top rated episode we might have we're not absolutely positive we try we watch kind of in that range well we watched the one with all the aliens so i'm pretty sure we saw the top rated episode well that's all of them yeah Yeah, which is luckily for me so on that (laughs) note we we did watch a, a lot of these episodes uh the familiarity disclaimer of course is is that I, I think we both watched some of this yeah, while yeah. it was originally on. I'm probably more familiar with you, and we'll, we'll get into it here in a minute. But I, this, I this was like like mandatory appointment viewing for me as like an eight year old. But this was it scared the hell out of me, and I'd love to sit there and watch. Like it was just terrifying. Like I ate this up uh, with a spoon. But for those of you that, that aren't familiar, we'll see if we can catch up here with a quick segment we like to call theme song jukebox. So that was the the theme song for Unsolved Mysteries. One of my favorite theme songs. Very spooky. Uh, gives me chills even listening to it. Yeah, I was doing uh, a lot of drum motions. Now a lot of a lot of terrifying stuff going on during during that theme song. I, I think it's an iconic theme spooky. song. One of those that people oh, yeah. hear and I think they they recognize. And the credits themselves too, by the way. Uh, we'll have some stuff up on the website that kind of. Uh, show you a little bit about what's going on with the with the credits. Uh, good stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah. I have a note written down. Marble plus neon equals fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. There is a marble background <laughs> yes. for some reason on that. Uh, uh, on that. So on that note, we've got a lot of opinions here to talk oh, about. Yeah. So let's move on to the part of the podcast where we get to break it all down. Colin, are you ready for your close up? Of course. So it's time for close-ups, of course, the part of the show where we offer a little bit more specific insight into what we thought about the show. I have a lot of thoughts here, Colin. I took a lot of notes. I have a lot to say. I would like to give you the chance before I jump into it. Would you like to get us started? Yeah, I, I would just like to reiterate a little bit of what you said before that you watched this a lot as a kid. I watched this a little bit as a kid. I kind of stopped watching because it genuinely terrified me mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah. And, and I have a lot... I have a lot written down about how much, like, I think watching it again kind of brought back a lot of buried 
anxiety mm-hmm. and, and I was like unpacking aspects of my personality. Like I wrote down, I think this show is why I'm such a skeptic because I always wanted an explanation for everything. I also wrote down this show terrified me as a kid so much so that when I saw Robert Stack on written in the wind in film school, I kind of freaked out. A uh-huh. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was unsettling to uh-huh. me like a, like a 19 year old girl watching Robert Stack on written in the wind. Well, and, and I think that's a fair, out. I think that's a fair point. Like th- this show is not appropriate for, <laughs> It's for, children, for children, like at all. Like no. I, I watched this legitimately first run when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. And it, you sh- I should not have been watching yeah. it. Like it's all about like pretty gruesome murder. Like I, I, I like the, you know, the ghost stories and that sort of stuff. But most of it really is made up of someone was kidnapped and didn't come out on the other end so well. well and, and it, you know, it's, it's stuff that is not really appropriate for children. I, I even remember as a kid just being haunted by this idea that someone could be around and then all of a sudden they're just missing you know as Mm because as a kid you don't know you haven't you haven't watched enough law and order episodes to know that okay well they they're probably buried somewhere they're probably you know etc etc murder Mm -hmm. ending yeah um but but i i just i was just completely haunted by the idea that they just don't exist anymore. That's just so scary. Yeah. You're freaking me out right now. Yeah, okay. Well, just, just take a deep breath. <laughs> it's and Breathe into this paper bag. Okay. Uh, so right. well, let's start at the top. I, yes. Maybe that's a good okay. place yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah. So great, great. I, I chose the, you know, the, the clip up at the top just because that, that's the introduction to every single show. It's, it's, yes. a, it's a warning that you might see, but it's not about who should or should not be watching that show. 1987 was not concerned about TV ratings and who should not have been watching that show. <laughs> the warning is is about making sure people understand that what you're about to see is not a news broadcast. Yep. And the fact that anyone would – like I'm kind of curious to know if they were adding that for a dramatic effect or if they had to add that later because they aired some initial versions of it and it didn't – I don't remember – and people thought it was a news broadcast because it does not in any way resemble anything that would be found on the news. Well, that's what's so crazy is I, I get the sense, I, you know, I don't know personally if, if they got in trouble or whatever, but I get the sense that in 1987, audiences were not savvy enough to understand that this is a reenactment. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you've <laughs> wow, seen other shows. burn, 1987, no, it's, shots it's, fired. It's, it's not an insult on them. It's, it's just generally... <laughs> You know, they're they're used to seeing news and they're used to seeing fiction. And uh-huh. this is this is a blend of fiction and nonfiction in a way. You know, 1987 didn't have reality TV. There was no awareness of I mean, they, they had had some previous reality sure. shows sort of. Um, but but generally it was it certainly doesn't reflect reality TV the way there is today. Mm-hmm. But there there just kind of wasn't always an understanding of like, oh, this isn't the actual footage from what happened. So we need to make sure that people are, are understanding played this up a little bit. There's a little bit of embellishment, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, you've sure. seen other shows where they have to put up reenactment and giant letters on the screen. I'm, I'm sure there was some sort of sociological issue. Sure. That's a very informed explanation. I, I am going to go with the people in 1987 were just morons. Okay. Yeah. That, <laughs> sorry. I, I Fortunately, no one is around from 1987 to argue. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> right. not going to go well. All of us. Wait, I am. I, I was in 1987. I was a moron in 1987. Well, I, I still was, am. Some I was just four years old, so I don't want to say, <laughs> I, I don't want to say I was a moron. I was just well, uneducated. Uh, jury's out on that one. So, okay. we'll, <laughs> So that that's the entry. Uh, the you know, I wrote that the credits are are pretty dark, and then the very first episode out of the box, season one, episode one, is the Queen Mary episode, segment one. Uh, and the first note, I, the first note I made here, and this is this is true. So we're watching this together, obviously, is 
uh, ghosts are real. Colin is already freaked out. <laughs> um, it's just convinced. I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm a pretty. It is, it is straight up ghosts are real. I, I wrote this is the prequel to Ghost Hunters. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Well, that's, that's not even in the same class. I'm a. I'm a pretty. I'm a serious skeptic for the most part. Watching this show, like. I believe everything is in, and I don't know what it's, it's about the kid me and something about Robert Stack is like, he's everybody's high school principal type character. Just, so credible. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where like the more we watch it, the more you're like, man, he was just, they are shameless on this show. But like, you know, the, the kid in me that's still kind of basically running the show is like, no, this is legit. Well, they it's do a really good job of not in any way trying to solve the mystery. Mm -hmm. They they purposefully, I'm sure it was by design, no, we're not going to give possible explanations. We're not going to suggest reasonable understandings of, of like, oh, well, you know, on the Queen Mary, the, the water goes through the pipes and sometimes it makes a knocking sound and it, it's always in this spot, you know, whatever. There, there are reasonable explanations for everything, right? Mm, yeah. But the, this show is not interested in giving them to us. It, no. is, it is purely built on the fact that there is a mystery, Without this show, it will be unsolved. Mm -hmm. And with this show, it will be unsolved. Right. And, and on that note, not to jump ahead, they, they weren't kidding. Like this show, the participation level was surprisingly high. I did just some basic Wikipedia research. <laughs> and I, just because I was curious about like what the, in 1987, 88, like what's the participation level of like a show is on the air. We want you to call in. There's a phone number. I don't think they ever put the phone number on the show. Like you would have to. I, I think they did back when they watched it because I remember. Oh, we, oh you're right. Because now it's the, the website. website. Right. So at the time and, and I remember I could probably almost quote this verbatim is Robert Stack saying, if you or anyone, you know, have any information about any of the mysteries mm -hmm. discussed on the program tonight. Please call us at blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I forgot we saw that because we the, the the tag for the shows as they've been re-edited. Because it's the original show, but they just kind of have re-edited some of the stuff. Yeah, they put what, some of the updates what they in. do is is they take any kind of update that they got later for a, for a different episode. They just edit it right back in the episode where you see the original mystery, mm -hmm. which I have a lot to say about that, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so on that note about some of the stuff that's in there, like I, I remember, of course, from from watching it originally is all the stuff I really like. So the UFO stuff and yep. the ghost stories like those really came came back the Bermuda Triangle episode like that one hit me pretty hard like that one I remember watching like I almost laying on the floor in front of the TV like watching that show but there's a lot of filler there's a lot of stuff in fact one of the I wrote a note later on as we'd kind of been watching a lot of them it just says boy the cojones on these producers really <laughs> serious about some TMZ level stuff uh it just because a lot of it's like lost loves and i you know it's, it, it's stuff that you'd find on like uh what's the what's the craigslist misconnections yeah misconnections mm -hmm. type of stuff yep. <laughs> like it's yep. you know it, it's basically airing on uh, on national television. but on that note they you know they they have this this call-in service or it's a website now that you can call into and so they they had about 17 million viewers at a time which is a lot per, Seven, per episode. Yeah, per yeah, episode, which is which is a huge number. Yeah. And they claim in the run of the series, at least at one point, to have had thirty-four of the mysteries solved by viewers that call it. And they have a lot of updates that kind of allude to that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, the part I remember as a kid is thinking, one of these days I'm gonna know something and I'm gonna be able to call the line and help. And I think that's sort of sort of something that that this show taps into is both this 
mystery aspect, which of course compelled both of us. I'm sure everyone else who, who watched all the 17 million other people that watched it. Um, but, but this idea that you could call in and help a little bit and solve the mystery, you're going to be the person who saves the day and solves the mystery. That's yeah. Incredible. I One of the, one of the other notes I wrote is I, I like one of the, specifically what Robert Stack, one of his repeated lines is watch closely you may be able to help solve a mystery. Like he says that directly into the camera. Yep. And like, I can imagine him just, you know, like in my, in my mind, he's saying, watch closely, Cliff. <laughs> you will need to solve this mystery at some point because they're all standing right outside your front door right now. Not to mention, I like when he says, I wish I could, I wish I had written down exactly what he says. He says this a bunch of different times in, in the shows we watched. He says, uh, any one of these, any one of our viewers could help out. Could be you. Yeah. Better <laughs> be you. Like you might as well have been saying so. that. Don't you could sleep. Be you. Like sleep with one eye open. <laughs> what I, is well, what I hear. The, the truth of it is you don't want to disappoint him. You know, he's Robert Stack. Mm -hmm. You really don't want to let him down. No. So well, you want to solve a mystery. So maybe that's a good transition. Let, let's talk about Mr. Stack. I have so much to say. So why don't you get started? I've got a lot here too. Okay. I already mentioned um, that when I saw him on Written in the Wind, there was a moment of like, unsettling where I thought, Oh, how do I know that guy? Cause of course, you know, you don't make the connection immediately. And why would you think unsolved mysteries guys is, is you know, 1950s Douglas Sirk film, uh -huh. um, just to, just to complete the totally obscure reference. Um, so anyway, so, so I saw him and I was haunted by him and then I figured out, Oh, it's mysteries guy. I think, I think he does an incredible job of carrying this show mm -hmm. so much so that I wrote down Robert Sack as the original Bobby Klotz. Yep. I had a note about him and, and, and Robert Clotworthy as well. <laughs> okay. I, I, my note For says, are Robert Stack and Robert Clotworthy one and the same? Both are agitators and sensationalists. Yep, that's, that's just true. So for those of you who don't remember, who have not listened to every single showdown podcast, mm -hmm. Robert Clotworthy is the suggestive and uh, leading narrator for Curse of Oak Island. Mm -hmm where he, he takes one small, tiny nugget of information and tricks us into believing that it's definitely the key from the Knights Templar's treasure chest. Yeah, we're going to yeah. need the DNA test on those guys to, right, to right. be able to... But yeah, he's incredible because he he does this whole, like, could you, could it be this? Could it be that? Yeah, I can't I can't do it very good. I, no, I, that, I think that was, <laughs> that was the best impersonation I've ever heard. Could be you. Okay, don't... <laughs> He's so haunting. That. So, uh, He's so, great. so a note I made about so I, I the first one of the verses I put down is was Robert Stack in airplane? I, I know he <laughs> no, wasn't, but no. like he just has the face and demeanor of somebody. <laughs> well, he, he looks I, like if uh, you told the other me guy. he was in airplane or one of the airplane movies, be like yeah, okay, sure, yeah, he's one of those guys. It's just kind of like super serious to a point of comedic, you know, standard white guy. I want to like, say he was actually. Maybe he was. Like I think right, he was. Yeah, listeners, feel free to. to I mean, we could look at one to, of our breaks yeah, if we to execute to, me publicly as necessary. We probably won't. So, I, some other notes it wrote: Stacks trench coats are fire. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to, you're, you're our resident fashion expert here on the show. Now. Would you like to talk a little bit about <sighs> the, the ensemble? I have so much to say. They're big. They have buttons everywhere. Oh yeah. They're in all the great colors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's every just... shade of brown you can imagine and <laughs> some grays. We got all the earth. So this is <laughs> I feel like Stefan from <laughs> SNL. Robert Robert Stack's trench coats have everything. Shoulder pads, <laughs> buttons, lapels, everything, earth tones. Yeah, it's they're incredible. So we <laughs> we were watching and <laughs> I was in the other room yeah, putting my laundry away. Uh -huh. and Cliff yelled from the bedroom, casual wear, <laughs> Robert Stacks in casual wear. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I have a note about that too. It's it's actually I I specifically I referenced it. Running. It was so important. Season three, episode one. My note is Robert Stack in casual wear. Dot dot dot. Colin ran. Uh, she <laughs> raced into the room. It, it was it was an event in our house just because we were so used to the uh, to the I trench like coats. Pushed our daughter. Yeah. Out <laughs> So he, he strolls onto a set in a sweater vest. He needs to be witnessed. I need to see it. it, was, it I need was, to see it to believe it or else it will just be another unsolved mystery of yeah, whether it truly happened. It was amazing. And another note I wrote about, I, I wrote so on, on the wardrobe, I, I also wrote Cher is jealous of Stack's wardrobe changes. For sure. Uh, a lot of a lot of looks uh-huh. that he goes through <laughs> for every episode, even between, even, not even keep him dressed the same throughout one story. No, like no, every cut they? scene where he jumps in and he's like, now back to the mystery. Like he's got some kind of, some kind of other wardrobe it's change. Almost, it's almost like they had a sponsorship with Burlington coat factory yeah. or something. And they were like, well, look, we're going to need 10 to 12 coats per episode. Yeah. So the only way to accomplish this is to change literally every single scene you're in. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm so many, this is well, half of my notes are apparently about his trench coats. <laughs> this is incredible. I wrote how many trench coats does this man have? And then uh, one of the so to, it's on a different note. I, just, well, I have another note. Okay, about the trench oh coats. please, let's continue. Obviously, I have more to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote. I think his trench coats get bigger every season. They do. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, I don't know what he's hiding. They're in like there. normal size in yeah. 1987, and yeah. then by he's 1997, slowly, he looks like he slowly more. turns. He morphs into Candy Convention Marge. Well, he <laughs> he also looks like uh, one of the, one of the uh, Ducktales boys in a trench that you and they're stacked on top mm. of each other in a giant trench Vincent coat. business. Yeah. Vincent yep. business. He turns absolutely. into a real Vincent. Maybe what if Robert Stack is Vincent business? Well, it doesn't have a broom hand. You heard it here on the showdown. That's, That's an unsolved we're, mystery. Yeah, we're trademarking that, that yep. theory. I, so something else I wrote about Robert Stack is I, I wrote Stack be creeping on these sets. So <laughs> it's, it's part of what's scary about this show is he just kind of wanders through these empty sets in the cutscenes. So there's, it'll be like an empty courtroom set or like a house set where they yeah, film us some, like a living room. you know, drama. And he's just kind of like, you know, sauntering through, like saying some kind of like, you know, weirdo thing about the the mystery that's going on. It's, 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 it's a good choice because it helps the effect of the show, but he's really just wandering through like these strange places. It almost gives the effect like he broke into somebody's house or he's like wandering through a yeah. murder scene or something. It's very, yeah. very odd. Yeah. I, uh, I, I found him, I found him very eerie mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm sure it's on purpose because it was spooky and it made me feel worried about wanting to make sure I could solve the mystery and help and all of that stuff if I could. Yeah. So let's, let's change, let's change gears here. Sure. Uh, let, let's talk about my personal favorite part of, of the show, which are the things about the stuff that interested me the most, which of course are, Ghosts and aliens. Yep. I, say, I do have some some notes here about that sort of stuff, along with some other things I probably can't read on the air. So, I, so the first thing I kind of noticed is, you know, as we went through this, like I enjoyed the ghosts and alien stories, but at reviewing them as an adult, they don't hold up quite as well. Like I still enjoy disagree. them. Like <laughs> disagree. I, I, no, not not the mystery. Like <laughs> okay. aliens are real. Uh, I have a lot of notes that just say, say aliens, aliens are, are real exclamation <laughs> point. But like, I, so season two, episode one that we watched, I, I wrote aliens in this episode are pretty sad. Come on, man. Seven year old Cliff was a moron. Okay. They're like the, the effects. So like they're trying to re obviously if they'd yes. had footage of what really happened with the aliens, sure. it would be much more convincing, but they don't because it's 
an unsolved mystery. Uh, and so a, a lot of the recreations are pretty low budget. They're, they're tough. I think that was the one where it was some sort of crash in a farm or something. And they all had all the metal all around. Yeah. That, that one as a, as a 35 year old woman, I was a little bit like, yeah, but, but how did that happen? <laughs> right. Well, there you they... <laughs> But what what did happen yeah. though? Because well, it sounds like it was aliens. A spaceship crash. Yeah, look, they're yeah, aliens. Yeah, it sounds like it was aliens. If you're yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. Like there it's it's all legit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, so another episode I kind of made a note here. Uh, season three, episode one, aliens definitely exist in Pennsylvania. I think that's the episode <laughs> that you were referring to. Like, oh, that's sure, sure, yeah. Just a fact. Yeah. Uh, uh I wrote aliens always equal weather balloon. No, that see that's the wrong attitude. Okay. <laughs> now you've just become part of the the machine. Okay. Uh, that's trying to you know to disenfranchise oh. the people in this world that know the truth, which is that aliens and ghosts are not only real but probably related in some way. Do you think aliens and ghosts work for NBC and they uh, purposefully? planted a bunch of stuff so mm. that the show would go on forever. I think NBC would get better ratings if aliens and ghosts work for them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So burn, yeah, burn I, NBC. Yeah. <laughs> well, at the time in 1987 to 1997, they were, they were, they were the top rated. Network. They were killing yeah, it. It was, yeah. it was a different world. For sure. Um, in fact, they had a different world, I think. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just stay tuned. Just had to, that is, that just is had to high on our priority joke. list. Uh, yeah, no, I I kind of, I wanted to mention this at one point. We kind of referenced it a little bit. So before we started watching, I wrote down four categories. Ghosts, alien, murder slash missing person, or then other. Yeah, so do you want me, so, do you want me, so I, I went through and made a specific note in the opening credits when they list Yes, supposedly what do. all of the subjects are that they cover. Yes. So every every um, story is prefaced with a, a category that they, mm -hmm. they so the uh, mm -hmm. so they kind of scroll them through at the beginning a little faster than than you're able to read. But I, being a dedicated host to this show and wanting our listeners to understand, with went a, through with and a pause button, went through in slow mo with a pause button and, and made sure that I, I could list these. So they are in this specific order: unsolved mysteries. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. The investigators, Psymed. Lost Loves, <laughs> Final Appeal, The Unexplained, my personal favorite, yep. Lost Heirs, Missing Persons, and Wanted. And then huh. I noticed through our watch there was another one that didn't fit in one of those categories called Treasure. Yeah. It's not on the opening treasure. credits. That was an other in my, uh -huh. in my yeah, that well, was what I did specific. is, is I, is I put little hash marks to, to see like how it, how it shook out what the ratio was. And of course mm -hmm. we didn't look at all the episodes, um, but it was five murder, five other, two ghosts and two aliens. Mm -hmm. So that's a pretty standard, yeah. standard it's ratio. Yeah. Murder slash mission person. Low that, on the ghosts. That tended to be most of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was a little light, disappointed. Light on the ghosts. Because I remember as a kid thinking it was all aliens, mm -hmm. just all, that was the show. It was, it was basically the ancient aliens but uh but yeah on, on the rewatch didn't really notice that quite as much so do you so let's we'll start to wrap it up here do, any, any final notes you want to um, shout out yeah I, I i would like to talk about the people on the show these people are straight out of a guest christopher guest movie mm -hmm. and yeah. it is a parade of bad haircuts it is it the haircuts are are shocking are shocking on this show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wrote uh, in that same vein, a lot of Kathy's and Gales. Oh yeah. On yeah. this show. That, yeah. was, uh, that seemed to be the, a thing. The other thing that came through so, so often, especially with the ghosts and the aliens was you would get somebody on there who would, who would say like, you know, this person never makes things up. This person never lies. 
And then that person would come on screen who, who experienced the ghost slash alien and would say some version of like, and of course, you know, we're from the South, so we can say this, but they always had a Southern accent. Uh-huh. Right. Um, if I hadn't experienced it myself, I wouldn't have, you know, yeah, they, they not, go not into the most the, credible. Yeah. They go into the, like, look, I know it sounds bad, but it definitely happened. Uh-huh. And you're like, no, I mean, right. It's like when I just yeah. said, normally I'm a skeptic, but I totally believe right. in ghosts, that <laughs> right. type of, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We do that. Yes. Here in the or sometimes. if you're a waiter, look, I never return food, but this uh-huh. is slightly too warm for me. Uh-huh. So could you put it in the freezer for 3.2 seconds? Yeah. That'd be great. So, I mean, I think that covers all of my notes. Are there any other things you want to Sure. A couple, a couple last things about, so maybe a good way to end this is, is a shout out to the heroes of producers that set some of these segments up. A lot of these shows, there's a couple where I made notes, not always great, but they, they, the, the twist endings in these and the way that they kind of wrap up stuff. So I, I wrote down two examples really quickly to end on. So I got really excited on, there's a, there's a, an episode featuring Carrie Lynn Nixon about her disappearance. And it was long, you know, back in the eighties and uh, she famously showed up in a new kids on the block video. Do you remember that one? I do. So I, I wrote a note where they, like, as I was watching a stream of consciousness that just, I got excited and said, new kids on the block found Carrie Lynn Nixon exclamation point. And then immediately followed by an update that she did not survive, which is sad. And I just wrote, never mind, I guess. Like it was a really <laughs> weird and was... abrupt ending where I, was, I got all excited and they presented this thing and they're like, oh, sorry, don't get to, you know. That was, was like, the oh, one man, where it was, it was, it was really, really rough because there was so much hope around, oh my gosh, that looks exactly like her. And then the, the update, the edited on update was basically like, oh, actually this guy admitted to right and yeah, it was it like was, oh it got God. dark yeah it yeah was, it was that's rough. not cool uh and then it's then maybe the last thing i'll mention so this the season two finale we both felt this way in fact it was the the only time we were tempted to fast forward through some of it maybe the first time uh season two finale about the rfk assassination which was just excruciating so it, and it took up the first and I, we kind of thought that's yeah. what the whole episode was going to be about and then the producers saved us and the note i wrote was season two finale is a real dud and then below it, I can tell after it's because then they brought in a ghost story. I said, but wait, bring in the ghosts. <laughs> they, they totally saved it. It's like they knew their audience. And they yep. said, we're going to give you some filler and some stuff that's not super interesting. Yep. But we're going to tell you about some ghosts. Yeah. Well, it's it's a classic spoonful of sugar, mm-hmm. you know, cookies help you finish your dinner. Yeah, for sure. So uh, so on, on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, close ups and, and have the orchestra place out. Now it's time for our most unpopular take. Let's get over dramatic. I think that's the perfect sound for this show. Yeah, we're gonna get over dramatic. Well, it's it's we're gonna it's hard gonna be hard to notch it up, but we'll try. Yeah, I think you should go first. Sure. So so mine's easy. I don't know how how over dramatic mine really is, but I, I think it's true. And I, my note is that the internet invalidated this show. It could have only existed in a world without Wikipedia. So I, I think part of the appeal of this show and you can tell it's it's they've tried to remake it a bunch of times and they've tried to re-air it and it's it's can't really exist now because the information is everywhere and so there's an unsolved there are no real at least unknown unsolved mysteries like things that are unsolved mysteries now are, are kind of just out in the ether and so this 
show was a novelty when it aired because the internet wasn't really a thing just yet, but but now it doesn't really like it really only holds up as a piece of nostalgia. Yeah, I agree completely. I think I think, you know, some of the stuff you would be like Googling on your phone in the middle of oh well they found it. We were in fact. We did a lot of that. Like it was kind of an experiment of us watching it. Like we'd see something and we're like, wait a second and then (laughs) immediately the phone comes out and we have every piece of information yep. possible in yep. front of us in a matter of seconds. Which is kind of sad. I mean, it's it's definitely a, a product of the time in that there's something fun about that, about not immediately being able to know the answer right. and, and being taken on the journey through Robert Stack's friend's living room that he wandered through and, mm-hmm. and all of the well, that's the not guys his friend. <laughs> They're not friends. <laughs> that's not his friend. Right. But it's, so, a, it's, yeah. it's a compulsion. It's not possible now, I think. Yeah, and and my unpopular opinion is is related, um, though not exactly the same. I, I just wrote the show is only tolerable in the newly re-edited fashion, where you get to know the answer of the mystery right away. And and part of what makes it great is not because again, not because you want to know during the story what happened, but because for me personally, <laughs> this is gonna oh sound silly. Boy. I don't like unsolved mysteries. What are you the talking con- the about? The concept. I don't like not knowing things. <laughs> I like the show because you're you're taken on this crazy voyage. Okay. But it's but it's so much better to me. It's so much so much easier to watch when you get to know immediately what the answer is. I could not disagree more. Okay. That's I could fair. not disagree that's fair. more. I, I, understand. I think it's the fundamental difference between like I, I yeah. like not knowing like it like what if they had an update on the queen mary story where they're like this just in ghosts are in fact not real like it doesn't like <laughs> okay, it like okay, it, in that situation you know, like if it's, right. a, if it's about a like a, a contemporary story where this person's looking for another whatever and they found him like well, yeah fine. give me five that's seconds what I'm saying. Like the, that's great the vietnam ones but for them it's, it's there's no imagination in in giving the end of a story especially for a show that's specifically called unsolved mysteries like if they're going to give the updates the name of the show is invalid and should just be called solved mysteries and that's not as fun well they should have a segment called solved mysteries nobody would watch that I would. <laughs> no because no. well like i said i no. i like in in certain in certain stories i agree with you yes mm-hmm. if if the if the new kids on the block one had ended is like oh maybe that is her that would have been a much better ending mm-hmm. and also clearly they don't have updates on any of the alien ones so that's kind of fun but the ones where it's like, oh, this missing person, and then, oh, we found her, and she just did this, and all of that, that's great. Mm-hmm. Or the ones that, that I'm going to talk about here in a minute, where the soldier was nursed back to help by a Vietnam nurse, and he said, I just, I just want to find her and thank her. Like, yes, this would all be invalid in the age of the internet, because you just put on a Facebook post or whatever. But they reunited, and that was beautiful, and I, I had to see that, because you know, that's I the guess. best way. For I don't know. <laughs> okay, in that scenario. Yeah. So we'll, so we'll wrap it. Maybe we'll, we'll ask our listeners to, to give us your opinion. Do you, would you prefer that this show be called solved mysteries okay, or unsolved premise. mysteries? That's not what I'm saying. Uh, reach at all. out to us okay. uh, on Twitter at the showdown six. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm trying to say is that what I love about the show is that it gives you an unsolved mystery. And then it also gives you the answer so that you can sleep at night Knowing how it ends. I can't emphasize how wrong you are. So, so, so you would love to watch stories where you just don't get to watch the last 10 minutes of a movie. Yeah, perhaps. Okay. Depends. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it's Fair a, if it's a right. ghost story, like if I'm watching okay. The Conjuring or something and they okay. come back all of a sudden they're like, and we figured out that none of this stuff was real. And okay. It was actually just a right. creaky door and we yeah, oiled okay. it. Like, like that's, that's, that's ruining. The, that would make me feel better. That's ruined, like, the, like the story is what leaves you with your imagination to figure out what's what's going to happen. So yeah. with that, uh, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and, and, uh, and wrap it up and take a break here, but don't go away because when we come back, we're going to hand out some awards and pass some judgment. 
And we're back on the showdown episode about unsolved mysteries. Now, let's get gussied up. It's Dundee time. All right, Cliff, would you like to start us off with some Dundies? Sure. Yeah, let's give out some awards here. This is always a, a, a majestic uh, event, so uh, star-studded. Sure. Think, yeah, yeah we're, you're here. I'm here. <laughs> Two of us are uh, here. Our listeners are here. Yeah. What more could we ask for? Yep. Uh, so Robert I'll, I'll, Sack, start, right? I'll start off with best. Yeah. Well, maybe perhaps a guest appearance later by yeah, Robert maybe Sack. He'll, maybe he'll Almost certainly here. not. But it's it's nothing's impossible. That's right. As the show teaches us. So uh, my best Dundee uh, for best part of the show was was Queen Mary segment one episode one. Let's get right to it. Ghosts are for real. You know that's to me like that's the meat of the show. I like that they were they were so bold as to just the the first entry to the show is this just crazy segment full on uh, terrible special effects with some ghosts <laughs> walking around and some old ladies and they bring in a whole panel of of mentalists I think they call them <laughs> parapsychologists and stuff yep, to come yep. in and walk around and the, I think what they tell them to do if I remember correctly they bring in like nine quote unquote specialists and they're like so you're gonna go around the ship and we're gonna kind of record for validity to see, you know, what you, what you find. And then they send them off by themselves in separate directions yep. and without filming. And of course, every one of them comes back and like, I definitely heard something. <laughs> it was the it was craziest, so it was the craziest setup. But that, to me, that's what is best about the show in, in my mind, again, for nostalgia purposes. So my, my best goes to the way that they kicked off the show, just kind of right into it and, and letting everybody know that ghosts are 100% for real. Yeah. It's like a lit, litmus test for the show. Hey, are you on board with this segment? Yes. You're going to love this show then. <laughs> it's not going to get Buckle up. <laughs> yep. This is what you're in for. Yeah, I think I think that's great. I'm on board. They they had some really great ghost reenactors and, you know, they uh-huh. they were very spooky looking. Sure. All right, so my I have two best Dundies mm-hmm. as per usual. The first one, of course, should surprise no one. Goes to the fashion director and all of the trench coats just really carrying the oh, show. I got some bad news for you. Okay. I don't think this show had a fashion director. Okay. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think his name was Robert Stack's look, significant other. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, well, you know. she's great. She is. Yeah. The trench coats were yeah. incredible. Roberta Stack. Yeah. <laughs> Roberta Stack clearly is the the only other famous Mrs. Roberta Stack. I can think of. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, that makes sense to okay. me. Um, the other best Dundee I have goes to the couple of times that they had someone who was brought back to health by a nurse and they just straight up wanted to thank them. I kind of thought that they kind of wanted to date them, mm-hmm. but that's okay because I'm a romantic. Sure. You know. Yeah. But yeah, they they basically it's it was basically the the 1987 version of a Facebook. Hey, does anyone know who this person is? And they they found them. They always found them, and they always got together. It, and it's true. And, you you wept like a tiny baby. Okay. <laughs> it was embarrassing weep. a little bit. I didn't you know, weep like I a to... tiny baby. So great. So my worst goes out to something really specific that I noticed as a fashion element uh, in this show that kept coming up. And every time it came up, I got a little bit more upset about it. And that thing is turtlenecks. Um, (laughs) Why are turtlenecks happening? Why are we hiding our necks? There's your unsolved mystery. What's on these people's necks that they don't want us to see by choosing to wear this clearly uncomfortable garment? Yeah, that's the thing. I I am strongly Mm anti-turtleneck. I do not wear one. Ever. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Ever. Well, I would have to. I would have to sleep outside if you 
if you were a turtleneck. It's but maybe it's it's good Wait, uh, good ammunition. <laughs> like if you're ever really upset with me, just come in wearing a turtleneck and I'll I'll stop sleep in the car. I don't understand. Why would you have to sleep I outside? Because they're weird. I can't handle it. Okay. I can't be around it. Right. I don't want to be in the vicinity of it. I don't like seeing it. I don't okay. like knowing right. that I it exists like in the it. world. It's brutally just, uncomfortable. It's, it's just a Yeah, I agree. I don't like it. It's the worst. So what was your worst? Um my worst is <laughs> in addition to turtlenecks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh whoever had to direct the people to play themselves in reenactments. Oh yeah, that's tough. They job. are not good. Yeah. That was I mean they, it's they weird. were they were kind of dealt a bad hand to be. No, with. sure. Yeah, it's a tough job. But the the problem is that these people are acting as themselves. They're being told to reenact something that they've already done, and it's always some comes across as so stilted and awkward and you can tell as soon as they cut they start giggling and it's just super weird and whoever directs them didn't do a great job i'll say it shots fired did not do a great job i guess that's that one may remain in some controversy because i would contend that what kind of material are we working with here like it's i mean you know you're gonna what are you gonna do you're gonna bring in you know paul thomas anderson direct these guys like that would be amazing yeah i don't think so Look, you got heavy so. hitters I, I with Robert Stack. I think you get the same bring, thing. <laughs> bring in a great director. You know what would have been great about this show? It's just occurring to me is if Robert Stack was part of every reenactment. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would have been great. Oh, yeah. Just, just, I'll just throw that out there into the, into the world for a, an That's idea why none of the remake. restarts. Somebody worked. please do that. Yeah. All right. So uh, I think that was a good round of... Uh, of awards nice and uh nice and brief we're under time nobody's getting played off but it is time to to end the show so we'll hand out our awards we'll uh i don't know we'll put them in a time capsule perhaps so that someone can look at them in another 20 years here's what's gonna happen someone from the show is gonna call and be like hey what happened to the dundies you guys sent us and we'll say (laughs) it's an unsolved mystery and we'll hang up the Uh phone real fast what did you go okay look just people at home don't know this but but colin just modeled Putting a receiver back down on, I guess, is this a rotary phone yep. we're talking about? <laughs> yep. Okay, so you're you're completely out I'm of touch. I'm just saying, like, it's not it's not as much fun to pantomime pulling an iPhone away from my face and hitting the. But nobody. Okay. But again, like when you're prank calling someone and you hang up, or if you're real mad and you want to hang up, you got to slam the phone down, and it just doesn't work on a phone. Are you prank calling a lot of people these days? (laughs) What's going? Okay, I don't. Like, there's. We're gonna have to sort this out. Uh, So that we'll we'll have the orchestra play us out for Tundies. All right. So it's it's time to get serious. All right. It's time to go before Judge Stone and give our closing arguments and pass almighty judgment. All right. So this is closing arguments, of course, the part of our podcast where we give our final arguments for uh, our defense of, of how we felt about the show. And then give the show a score. Of course, those scores we're each going to give on a scale of one to five stars. Then true star search fashion, we're going to combine those scores into a grand total of 10 for a total score that we're going to put uh, into the showdown history record books and, and uh, compare against other shows that we've reviewed. So, so Colin, would you like to go first? Yes, I would. I would. Okay, so I have some, some notes written that I'm going to read a little bit mm. so that we can really... Really get down to what I feel. All right, let's do it. So watching now reminds me how far we've come with television. It feels like a real throwback to sensationalized pseudo news. I can't help but ding the score because of how much it scared me as a kid. Mm -hmm. But because of that, (laughs) I was actually shocked by how boring I kind of found it sometimes. Okay. (laughs) We're we're about to have a problem. (laughs) This show could be greatly improved 
with more alien stories. Okay. Yeah. So for all that, I give it 2.5 stars. Wow. Okay. It's a really low. Okay. All right. I, all right. I'm trying well, to process this. What score did you give it? I don't let's, even know. All right. Hear, I'm going to go. And then, then this is about as going to just make it okay. ugly. So my, right. my closing argument is that I started, this show is not good. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's I'll, not. I'll openly admit that. It's not a great show. Yeah, that's why I gave it 2.5 stars. It's cheap and manipulative, but it, it scared me really bad as a kid. It scared the hell out of me. Was I a top-level dummy? Of course. <laughs> but this show perseveres. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, just, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. It affected me. I'm affected. I gave it a plus 1.6 which is a high bonus for confirming that ghosts are in fact real. Okay. Uh, I appreciate them settling that debate once and for all. And I ended up with a final score of 3.5. Uh, so that gives us a grand total of six, I think is a total, sure. uh, total yeah. score, yep. which is, which is it's low. I'm a little disappointed that your score was, was as low as it is. Just I can't because, help how I feel. Okay. Well, it's, it's fair. It's, you're, you're it's entitled a, to your opinion for yeah, sure. It's a, it's a fair, Tough but fair. It's not. It is. It is tough and unfair. But we'll okay. we'll, 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 we'll talk about that later. So with that, okay. we'll go ahead and uh, and wrap up closing arguments. Uh, we'll take a break really quick, but don't go anywhere because we're going to come back, play some games, and read some viewer mail. All right. Welcome back to the showdown. So, Colin, it's now my my very favorite part of the show. Are you ready to play some bonus rounds? Of course. Right. So uh, this is bonus rounds. This, of course, is, is the part of our podcast where we, we play some some really stupid games. We've got a big wheel here full of all sorts of games that we've uh, that we like to play relative to the subject of the show, which, of course, today is Unsolved Mysteries. So we're going to spin the wheel and we'll play a we'll play a game. We're going to play three games and the winner of this episode, of course, is the best two out of three. So we'll just have to see what happens. Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be you. You win every time. Uh, Colin, <laughs> would you like to go ahead and spin first? I guess so. <laughs> Oh boy. All, All right. right. We've landed on designated survivor. So designated survivor is our game where very simply the world has been been attacked. We'll we'll say by aliens. Probably I, I by think aliens. it's fair yeah, to say, but there's sure. some sort of cataclysmic event has happened and we have to pick one person from this show to have survived. And so, so who's going to make in the bomb shelter and, and be the, the designated survivor? Colin, would you like to go first? I would love to. My answer is very, very simple, and I think you're going to like it. Mm -hmm. Nobody survives, but it doesn't matter because ghosts are real. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a cheater answer. No, it's real. Um, <laughs> it's a real answer. <laughs> well, my, my answer, it's fair enough. So my answer is pretty simple. My answer is uh, is Robert Stack because sure. it can only be Robert Stack. He's the only recognizable person <laughs> in the show. All of the rest of the people are we'll we'll say normals <laughs> compared to Robert to Robert Stack of all you know. Yeah. He's, we, he's got he's got the trench coat game on point. Like he's ready to go. And so I, I he think he almost doesn't need a bomb shelter with those if, trench coats. If we're choosing one of the best representatives of our unsolved mysteries society, it has to be Robert. Yeah. I think so. That's my entry. I, you know, I as much as I hate to say it, Colin, I think my answer uh, fundamentally was more sound, but your answer contained ghosts. And so I, <laughs> I, I think that may make it superior even in my mind. So I, I think round one might, might go to you as much Thank as that you. pains me to I say. I appreciate that. Well, you won. It's, it's Thank not, um, it's, it's not a, not a gift. You earned it. <laughs> you earned it. You earned that round. So let's, let's play. So I got to make it up. Let's play another round. I'm going to go ahead and spin the wheel for this one. You ready? Uh-huh. 
All right, we've landed on a little game called Parental Advisory. Sound the alarm. That's a long alarm. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's scary. So, yeah, parental, it's so parental advisory is uh, a game that we play where we try and imagine how we would explain this show to our parents, how we would how we would tell them. A lot of times we recommend shows uh, to our parents or to other people, and we try and kind of give them a description of, of a short description, elevator speech, if you will, of what the what the show's about to kind of get them interested in the show and, and, and give them an understanding. And so I'll, I'll go first on this one, if, yes, if you don't mind, Colin, since you went first last time. So mine is, is, is very specific. So my parental advisory actually goes back in time to when I was an eight-year-old and how I convinced <laughs> my parents to let me watch this show was which I, I told them that it was a news broadcast. That's the only <laughs> thing that would have enabled them to let me watch this show the way that it was. And so my parental advisory for Unsolved Mysteries to my parents, if we kind of roll the clock back to 1988. We could do a reenactment. Ish is, is uh, <laughs> I don't think that's necessary, <laughs> is uh, no big deal. This is just a news broadcast. <laughs> okay. And I make sure they don't hear the opening credits. Uh-huh. And that's that's the magic that I use to be able to watch this show. So seven-year-old Cliff wasn't that much of a moron, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so not all. Not all the time. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's a very good answer. Mine is a little bit more based in how would I get them to watch it now. I would tell my parents, oh, you know, you know, ancient aliens. It's sort of like that, but also with missing persons and ghosts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. Your your answer is better. I'll, I'll, I'll concede victory. Yeah. I think, I think we have to, I think we'd have to kind of take a really hard look at that and say that 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 was, you know, that was an annihilation of around. I think my answer was, (laughs) my answer was fine. It's just one point. Far superior. So, so that we are head to head. We are. So that, that puts us tied going into the third and final round. All right. Well, I hope it's a good round. Well, we're going to see what happens. Anything could happen. This, we may be making showdown history today. So, uh, Colin, would you like to go ahead and spin the wheel for the last one? I would love to. Yeah. Oh boy! Oh, oh God. bad news, Colin. This this may not <laughs> this may not be fair, but it's the, the wheel says what it says. We we've landed on rated TVBA. So rated TVBA. This is in my wheelhouse. Okay. This is, this is the, we got a ringer here. <laughs> yeah. This is the game. Look, the wheel, I can't, you can't rig it. We, we're really spinning yeah, I a wheel spun here. It. I can't. Yeah. So t- rated TVBA is the game that, that asks one question and one question only. Is this show better than the A-Team? Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to try and answer that question, perhaps give an explanation, perhaps not. It could just be a yes or no answer. Yeah. I think you should go first. Sure. So I'll be, I'll be happy to go first at your request. So this is a really tough one. Like this, this yeah, one. It's um, really tough. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying really to kind of think about it here. The first strike, because the A-Team for me is, you know, is the pinnacle of television, really. Oh. And so, you know, to, for a show to be better than the A-Team, is some would say impossible. Some would say impossible. So, Maybe. Um, but Unsolved Mysteries, you know, the A team goes on a lot of adventures, right? It's well documented. They're, you know, driving through the desert. They're ex-military. There's nothing that they can't do. They're saving people. It's like a, there's like five Rambos all the time, right? But there's no ghosts that they're saving people from. And there's no aliens, as far as I can recall, in the A-Team. And that's tough because those are big bonus points in my book. It kind of puts them <laughs> up at the top. And so ultimately... What I think it comes down to are the lead charismatic characters on the two shows, right? That's really what where the uh, the comparison lies. You got on one hand Robert Stack with Unsolved Mysteries, very trustworthy, 
high school principal type guy that, you know, you, you want to trust, right? He seems like a guy that's that's going to be able to talk his way out of situations. And if, if he were really out in the world trying to solve these mysteries, you know, he seems like a detective kind of guy, like they kind of dress him up like a detective. But on the other hand, the charismatic voice of the A-team, of course, everybody knows his face, right? And so face is, it, it does all those things. like Mr. T. Okay, this... So this, we may already know what's going to happen here. <laughs> okay. uh, no, of, I should have gone of first. Of course, you're, you're, you're purporting that Mr. T is the charismatic element of the A-team? He's the only one well, I Why don't know. you just say Murdoch for that? No, you know what? Stop. Okay. So uh, Face is is who we're talking about here. That's that's really the most direct comparison. Some would say Hannibal. I don't think it's Hannibal. Hannibal is a little too gruff for that. Face is a little bit more polished. And he not only has the ability to be in these situations, I think he would be able to solve some of these mysteries. He also has comedic element to him, which I think is great. And, you know, he's uh, he's able to be a little bit more talkative in these situations. That's a very long way of saying that's that's my, what I would say, eloquent diagnosis of this while unsolved mysteries is is close because they get a lot of bonus points for tackling subjects that i have a lot of appreciation for uh, i.e the paranormal it is not in fact quite better than the 18 okay great um my (laughs) answer is yes because no ghosts or aliens (laughs) wow okay well it's, it's simple no ghosts or aliens who wins? Yeah, I, the show with ghosts or aliens? I, who didn't? In fact, that's a great question, Colin. Who wins? Uh, it, so we'll, <laughs> no we'll, go, we'll go to the live poll here uh, okay. that's coming, and I, it's, it's I, I'm almost afraid to to give you the results. I think you probably could guess. But yeah, I can guess what your fake poll that you can only it's see. A, it's a bit of a landslide. It. It's, okay. I'm watching it come in. Um, right. We've got you know, it's we've got 95 percent of precincts reporting at this point. And it, it's, it's gone to me. So uh, I'll humbly accept uh, the award for yeah, I'll bet you will. bonus <laughs> for bonus rounds here today. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll try and represent our show as, as best I can as the reigning champion until next episode. I'm going to do my best to be a role model. I wish I could play the applause button. Yeah, there's, <laughs> no, you don't. Great job. That's, that's not the sound effect you wish you could play right now at all. Uh, but Colin, wait, 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 wait. So before we go, it's time to check the mailbox. We got to check the mailbox. Of course we do. Let's check it. All right, everybody. So we've, we've got some some mail here to read from our listeners. We love getting mail from you guys, by the way. So please, please keep sending us stuff. This one is from a listener that we've got some mail from before. A notorious listener who claims to be the, the name that they've written. It's the same email address, but the name that they've written in says not Eric Trump. Not it kind of a veiled attempt at, uh, at, at trying to hide identity. Again, we don't know if this is this is actually uh, Eric Trump listening or not. But the the, <laughs> the email itself would would tend to make me believe it is. So I'll, I'll read part of it really quickly here. So the message is: uh, What's up, CNC Television Factory? Since you two seem to be stuck in the '90s and more than an in vogue concert, why don't you give Dr. Fraser Crane a try? This is the show suggestion. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the award-winning spinoff of Cheers, starring the conservative badass Kelsey Grammer. Sure, he's been married more times than the Raiders have won a Super Bowl, but that's admirable to half the country. And that's it seems like that seems like a low blow. On the Raiders? Yeah, so it's a very it's a really strange way of suggesting that we tackle the show Frasier. Yeah, it's a good uh, which idea. is a great suggestion. We'll yeah, put we'll that put we'll put that in the, the list. list. It's an odd 
suggestion from someone, possibly Eric Trump, that's listening, but you know, whatever. We're not gonna we're not gonna judge other than you know perhaps change your, your last name. But yeah, sorry. yeah, that's a good idea. A little bit it's more pointed, you know, perhaps disown your family. But there, and there's a there's a postscript. Uh, it says, "P.S. Is Colin going to start trying to win the games at the end?" I won uh, one today. Yeah, and then I'd find another postscript he put in here. I'll just read as a as a last bit. I feel like NBC missed a gold mine when he didn't pick up poor grammar. Uh, show about how he lost it all and got drunk a bunch and slurred his speech most of the time. Yeah, and this is a really dark. detailed email about uh, about Kelsey Grammer, yeah. who's had a resurgence of late. He, of course, had some troubles with some DUIs and some different things. He was in a things, Netflix movie. He was, yeah. So in the end, thank you for the for the letter. Yeah, we'll take keep that them coming. into advisement. Yeah, keep coming. Not, not um, you specifically, but like other people uh, yeah, who perhaps, are listening. Yeah, any, anyone else. <laughs> really, literally uh, we, anyone we else. We get other, other yeah. feedback, but the, the, the ones from, from this particular uh, listener are compelling. So uh, with that... We'll go ahead and, and wrap up our show. This was a lot of fun. So uh, so we want to thank everybody for joining us here. Uh, we hope you guys had fun out there. We'll ask you to please come and visit us at www.showdownpodcast.com. You can see about upcoming episodes. You can uh, see the, the great pantheon of, of show scores in the leaderboard. You can send us an email. And you can send us an email. You can do all sorts of stuff. You can also shout us out on Twitter at the Showdown 6. And as always, I'm Cliff. I'm Colin. And this is the Showdown signing off. Shh.